All right, my friends. Oh my goodness, look at all these new faces. I mean, I love your old faces. Experienced faces. I'm glad you're all here, every last one of you. Um, my name is Chris Murphy, and I get the honor of hanging out with you for 11 weeks. It's like forced friendship. Like, you cannot get away from me. And I'm so pumped. Um, let me pray, and then we'll get started. I'll tell you kind of what to expect today, okay? Father God, uh, we come to you today, and I'm humbled, and I know the team um, that has worked so hard and prayed so hard to make this day happen is humbled because we see all these awesome ladies that are here, and maybe some of them don't know why they're here. Maybe they're here for free childcare. Hey, that's cool too, God, because we love that. Um, but I know that you know why you drew them here. Um, Father, will you reveal that to us? Maybe today, maybe today is the day that we open our eyes and say, I need more of you, God, less of all the other stuff. I don't know. Um, but Father, whatever that is, will you just make it clear to us? Will you become very real to us today? Be in this room. God, take my words, let them be yours. Um, and thank you above all for your son, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Well, oh my goodness, it's just so fun. It's so fun to see you guys. I've missed you. I've missed you. So like last semester, a bunch of us got together and studied the book of Ecclesiastes. Yay. Yeah, whatever. Um, in that book, we did a lot of searching, didn't we? There was a lot of talk about meaning. There was a lot of talk about purpose. There's a lot of questions about, is there meaning? Is there purpose? Here's the cool thing. Today, we start studying a book that is all about purpose, that is all about meaning, and it's all about what this whole life we live is pointing toward, and that's Jesus. And so I'm pumped. I, I needed to turn the corner. Amen? Um, so if you're here with us and you were here last semester, cool. If you're here with us and you're here for the first time, super cool. Um, I'm just glad you're here. Look at each other and say, I'm glad you're here. Yeah, and smile and don't lie. Say it again. Smile and don't lie. Okay. Awesome. Hey, um, just before we even get into what today looks like, I want to tell you guys, uh, if you haven't been a part of Rock Point uh, Bible Studies before, you may not know this, but we don't close the doors. Amen, those of you who bring people at week seven or eight. Yeah. I had new, get this, are you ready for this? In the evening class last semester, we had a girl show up for the very first time on the last day, and I believe she's here tonight. Yes, I think it's, I was like, I was like looking at your sweater, it was distracting me, so beautiful. Um, here's the thing, this is what I love about this church, guys, I could cry, is we want people to come. We don't care where you come from, we don't care where you go to church, if you don't go to church, we don't care, we just want you here. Because we're all in this together. We're walking this journey together. And so some people have asked, can I still bring a friend? Yeah, bring them. And you know what else? We love for them to get registered so that we have their name ahead of time so we can be praying over them by name. So that we can be um, placing them in groups, hopefully in your group if it works out. But he, here's the deal. Even if not, just come. Okay? Sorry, the girls. Becky's like, no, no. Just show up. <laughs> just drag them out of bed and bring them. Okay? Um, so I hope that answers that question emphatically. But yes, bring people. Doesn't matter when, doesn't matter who, bring them. Um, today is a little different than most days when you come to Bible study. And today we're going to, obviously we're starting in here. We're going to go over, I'm going to kind of tell you what to expect. And then after I do that, then I'm going to talk about the background of John. 
Um, and then we're going to dismiss and go to your small groups. And that's where you're going to meet your new best friends of your whole life. Okay? New best friends. Um, hey, who's a small group leader in here or a sub? Raise your hand high. They're so humble. They're like, mm. uh, look at them right now. They're your new best friends. They're your very, very best friends. I want you to know something about these girls. Um, they're not just going to drive the ship in the group. They are going to drive the ship. And you need to be nice to them or I'll throw stuff at you. But they're going to lead your discussion time. Um, they're going to do that. And that's important. But you know what they're doing that you don't realize? They've been praying over you. They've been praying over your name for a week or so. But they've been praying over you and those chairs and these books and what's to come for weeks. And, and they're going to be there for you and be available to you. And we do, we call it shepherding around here because, I mean, I'm like a lost sheep 99% of the time, right? And I need somebody to be going, come on, get back on track. <laughs> These girls are going to shepherd you and love you well. And I'm going to tell you this. I said this in, last night. They've been praying for you. And you know what's almost impossible? It's like almost impossible, pretty much impossible to pray for someone and not grow to love them. They're going to grow to love you if they don't already. And I want you to know this, too. If you are signed up for Bible study and you're sitting there going, I cannot be here every week. I don't know what I'm going to do. I cannot get my homework done. You know what? Hey, welcome to the club. Amen? It's okay. You come. If you can't come, you let your small group leader know that you're not going to be here. She'll be praying for you, and we will get you back in the door when you can get here. If you have a week and you can't get homework done, hey, Join the masses. We love for people to come. I don't care if you didn't even open that book. Well, I care. Let me retract. Rewind. Totally care. If you don't get to it, if you are overwhelmed, if life has you under and you can't open that book and get to that homework, I'm going to encourage you right now to come anyway. Amen? Anybody ever been there where you couldn't get it done and you showed up and you realized that was the morning? that God had something big to say to you and, and the enemy wanted you home in your pajamas crying about it. Come anyway, okay? I got completely off track there. I'm sorry. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to tell you kind of what to expect. I'm going to go over the background. Then we're going to go to small group. Every other week after this, you will begin in your small group. You will discuss the homework that I'm going to show you in just a minute. Y'all talk about it and everything. Get real smart. And then you'll come in here, and I'm going to talk about it a little bit more. And by the end of this each week cycle, you will have hit these passages three times. Once at home on your own with God. Once in your small group, which is where magic happens, right? You get different perspectives. And then I'm going to come in here and say some stuff, and hopefully God's going to use that too. So it's, it's kind of awesome. You're going to get John infused in your bones and that is a great thing. So with that said, I am going to ask everyone, does everybody have one of these things? Yeah, you got one? You know what's coming. Open the front cover and write your name in it like right this second. Because I'm telling you, you are going to do stuff in here and you are going to, this is going to become so important to you, you are not going to want to lose it. So write your name in that front cover right away so we know that it's yours. And if you lose it, we won't read your answers. We'll just return it. <laughs> One other thing I want you to write in the front cover of that book is every week um, during this time, I'm going to talk and do this little teaching part. If you can't come one week, we podcast it. So you can always listen to it on your own. Um, you're not allowed to count my ums. 
don't do that. But then that way you can at least feel like you're staying up to speed. Um, if you have to miss a couple of times in a row, that's kind of handy. So I'm going to give you that address right now because you will, I lose it all the time. So that way at least it's inside your book, okay? So it's um, www.rpc, as in Rock Point Church, RPC Women, that's plural, dot podbean, P-O-D-B-E-A-N, dot com. RPC Women, dot podbean, like a green bean. It's a green bean. We can do that. Dot com. If you didn't get that down, find one of the small group leaders. They'll share that with you. At any time, you can always ask your small group leader for things like that. But sometimes it's nice to have it written in your book, okay? All right, so here's how this is going to look. Did everybody also get one of these papers that says welcome? Okay, pull that out. That's what we're going to look at first, okay? And I forgot my glasses, so let's all just say a silent prayer that I can read this. I'll be standing way back here. <laughs> Welcome. If you've been in our Bible studies before, you've seen this. If you haven't, um, let's just take a minute and go through it real quickly. I'm assuming everybody in here can read, right? Okay. Take a minute and read it in a little more depth because uh, I give this spiel every time and it's important every time. In our Bible studies at this church, whether you go to a different church, amen, I'm so happy you're here. Whether you go to no church, I'm so happy you're here. I want you to understand this about our church. Um, we take this stuff real seriously. We want you to walk in that small group and feel completely comfortable and feel completely safe. And by safe, I mean that you are going to have moments where you share things. You're going to have moments where God reveals things and you might feel very vulnerable. And we want you to know that you're safe to share those things and that we are going to take it very seriously. Every chair matters. Okay? Um, with that in mind... We have guidelines to kind of help us keep this a safe, healthy environment, okay? So the participant guidelines there, I'm going to go through them real quick, um, but do take a little time and read over that. You're also probably going to talk through some of it in your small group in just a little bit. The first bullet there, it says, arrive on time for a small group. I want you to know this. This is a commitment from us to you. We will begin and end on time. Um, if you've been in my Bible studies before, it's real hilarious at the end because I always get carried away and I'm like, okay, amen, all right, go, run, 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 you know, because we want to make sure those child care workers think that we're done at noon. So guess what, guys? We're done at noon. Uh, and then when it same thing happens in the morning, child care begins at, Becky, where are you? 9.45? Okay. If you have kiddos and that's a hard process for you to get it all, you know, get them checked in and get to your group, show up a little bit early, man. Check them in, sit down, take a breath. Breathe, relax for a little bit, but that child care begins at 9.45. Your small group class will begin at 10. Now, let me say this on behalf of the angels that raised their hands a minute ago. Okay, we have told them, Becky, me, Dawn, we're, we're the militant, you know, the government, governing body of Bible study, and we have told them, you start on time. So you know what that means, guys? This is so sad. Um, they're going to be in that classroom praying to start like right at like 10.02, and if nobody's in there, it'll just be them. Dear God, it'll be real awkward. So <laughs> you don't want to make them feel awkward. So join them. If you're on your way to the classroom, get there as soon as you can. That said, I want you to know this too. This is what's cool about our Bible studies too. If you're running late, come anyway. Come anyway. We're not going to shut the door. We're not going to say you can't come. We want you here. 
Um, but we are committing to you. We will begin and end on time every single week. Um, maintain confidentiality of your group. I think I pointed that out. One of the things we like to say here, um, and this goes with prayer requests, which are usually on the, they'll tell you how we do prayer requests, but even in the course of the application questions that you're going to run across in your homework, there may be a time where um, you're sharing about some experience in your life, and it's real tempting to share details. Anybody, okay, let me ask, anybody a girl? If you're a girl, raise your hand. Oh, she's a woman. Um, we're girls. You know what girls do? We have this problem. It's like, it's like a thing. We got a problem with, with oversharing. And uh, we also have a problem with gossiping. Bless your heart. You know, we call it different things. But I just want to ask you to remember this. When you are in that moment and you are telling your story, I want to tell you this. And we talk about this all the time in leadership. We say, we don't need the details. God knows the details. Amen. Honor the absent. We're not going to share names and say, well, so-and-so did this to me, and so we all need to pray for me and bless my heart because, okay, we're not going to do that. And I, unfortunately, your small group leaders are going to be put in a weird place if they have to stop you. Please stop. So let's just remember that. As we walk into these situations, there's ways to share about really deep, painful, or really um, amazing things that we don't have to share a lot of the details. We can honor those who aren't here to defend themselves. Amen? With that in mind, we're also going to maintain confidentiality. There are always going to be moments, and people like me who talk a lot, have a lot of words, forget sometimes. I'll be, you know, rolling words off the tongue, and all of a sudden I'll go, oh, I can't get that one back. But it's kind of wonderful to know that I'm in the midst of people that I can trust. So let's not regret, okay? Um, the third, keep your answers during your small group time on topic and brief. Um, we say that only because the beauty of small groups is that they're small-ish. They're not always real small. If it was five people, we could all talk like and answer every single question, and it would be great. But they're usually a little bit bigger than that. They're usually more in the 10 to 12 to 14 to 16 range. And so everybody, um, if they would like, we want them to have an opportunity to share. And so you know what I always say? I always say, like, when you're going through your homework, if you feel especially moved by a certain question or you feel like maybe that's something that God really wants you to share, then put a little star, put a little circle. And then when it comes time to share, maybe that's the one you share on. Um, there's there's going to be time for everyone to have have share time. But I would just encourage you, too, to... When you answer questions, and your small group leader talk about this, read what you wrote. Because if you're like me, if I try to just kind of like spitball and just go, um, it can go for a while. And so we want to make sure that we, we are um, respecting each other in our group. Does that make sense? All right. And, and with that, I want to say this too. For those of you that are new to Bible study, you know another thing I love about our Bible study? We're not calling on you, Okay. We're not going to call on you. This is, this is, if you feel like you want to answer, if you feel like you want to share, we invite you to share. If you feel like you want to take it in, and maybe this is not the time for you to share on that particular day, no one is going to call on you. And no one's going to ask you to pray out loud. Now I just saw everybody go, oh, good. You're here to study God's word. For each of us, it looks a little bit different. So I'm glad you're here. Um, so we said respect each other at all times. Uh, that's the next bullet. Let me um, tell you this. We say it this way. We are going to focus on what unites us, not what divides us. You'll hear it a lot. There are, oh, this is so cool. I'm so excited to tell you this. 
we got to take statistics kind of over um, all the Bible studies for this semester. And guess what? Out of all these Bible studies, in addition to women that actually go to Rock Point Church, there are 28 churches represented in these chairs. 28. There are about 30-ish folks who do not attend a church regularly. Cool, right? We have women who are all from all different backgrounds. We have women who are currently in all different churches, and that is the beauty of the church of Jesus Christ. We all have different things that we kind of get hung up on, right? But in this room, we are going to focus on this. We're going to focus on what God's Word says, specifically the book of John. And so there's going to come times where maybe you have a differing point of view on a certain perspective or a certain um, you know, opinion. And that's okay. That's cool. Uh, but what we're going to ask is that everyone um, avoid the I need to be right stance. Because you know what? Sometimes, this is what's so cool about God's Word, is there have been times when I have approached God's Word and I'm like, oh, I totally know this because I've read it like four times. I, I got this. And I will sit down in a group of people and I will learn something new. Isn't that amazing? We're here to learn, right? You may sit next to somebody who has differing opinions from you and you may walk out of there going, huh, maybe what I hung on to for so long isn't exactly perfectly black and white. So I'm going to encourage you to be respectful of other opinions. The one opinion that we do not, we, we will correct, is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that is, we believe in this church and at this Bible study, without a doubt, without a shadow of a doubt, that God's word tells us that he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to come to this earth to live, to die, and to be raised up again. And that is the only way to God. That is the only thing that we will talk about if there's a differing opinion. Does that make sense? It's going to be cool. Lots of different opinions, lots of different perspectives. The last bullet there under particip participant guidelines is this. Um, concerns and questions go directly to your small group leader. I'm telling you, she's your lifeline. She is, like, going to be your person. If you have any questions, and this is also, like, when y'all are in your discussion groups, sometimes there's going to come up questions. This is so fun. They love when I say this. And, and guess what? They love this. They are not teachers. In fact, they're told it with love, don't teach stuff. You're going you're gonna to conduct a discussion with your girls. In fact, as each week goes on, you're going to hear less and less of their voice and more and more of y'all's voices. Amen? Isn't that cool? And so there may come a question, and it may come up, and you may want to ask Linda Bean because she's so smart. Hey, Linda, tell me, what does that mean? And you know what Linda's going to do? Girls, what do you think that means? She's just going to redirect because Linda's awesome. We want to have discussions and try to work through this on our own. You know, um, the thing about God's word is this. It was written for you. It was written for you. And while it's great to have people like me and people like oh, books and blogs and, and commentaries and stuff to kind of help us interpret, you know what? You can do this. He, he wrote this to you. It's a book about God written to you. And so... Whenever you're in that small group time, you don't need your small group leader to answer the question. We will attempt to answer it by talking about it. And when you come in here and if you still don't have an answer or you still have questions, she will bring questions to me. I will bring questions to the pastoral staff. I'll do whatever to find smart people to answer those questions if you have them. So ask questions. Bring them to your small group leader first. Does that make sense? Also, an important name on here is Becky Hayes. Becky, Becky, where are you at? There she is. 
She's our very best friend in the whole wide world. She is, has a very important title. It's called RHP, and that's my right-hand person. Becky and I are one. Are we not? We are one person. Um, if you have any questions that cannot be answered or situations that cannot be resolved through your small group leader, Becky's the next person. And then if Becky, um, if you can't resolve that situation or get the answers, then Becky knows we go to Dawn Leith, who is, where's Dawn? Is she in here? She's out yonder. She's our um, women's ministry director, so we'll take it to her, take it to me if it's content related or something about class. But we have a proper channel for dealing with things, okay? Start with your small group leader. Does that make sense? Okay. Y'all still awake? Okay, that's good. There was nodding. I believe there are snacks, right? Does that make a difference? There will be snacks? Okay, anyway. All right. That'll keep everybody awake. Only if you stay awake, you get snacks. Okay. The last thing I'm going to cover on this sheet um, is what I would call my possibly the most important, one of the most important, because remember a minute ago I talked about all of our diverse backgrounds and our diverse churches and how cool is that. I love that. I love being around people that think differently than me. We don't want a bunch of me, me thinkers in here. It would be very boring. Um, with, that in, with that in mind, we focus on a safe, healthy environment by focusing on what unites us. We're all here to study God's word. We're not going to talk about things that are divisive. We're not going to talk about denominations. I just did, but that's it's legal. I, I got a pass. I can do that. What I mean by that is um, a lot of us grew up in church. Some of us didn't, but some of us grew up in churches and have been very hurt, right? Some of us, I've met people that have said, I grew up in ABC denomination, and, and that place, um, I, I never went back to church for 25 years because they ruined me. And I never wanted to seek the face of the Lord ever again because of ABC Church. And this girl over here sitting in the chair and go, well, that's how I met Jesus was at ABC Church. And so I want to encourage you to remember there are stories in every chair. Everybody's got a story. You got a story. Everybody does, but so does everyone else. And so we want to try to stay very focused on why we're here. We're studying God's word. We're not talking about I grew up in XYZ or ABC. We're going to say here is where I am right now and I'm pumped about being here. Okay? We don't talk about denominations. We do not talk about politics. This is not Facebook. Who's happy about that? Yes. Politics free zone. I don't want to hear it. Lindsay, I don't want to hear it. No, I had to do it once. I had to do it once. Um, no, those things, it doesn't, you, you, and we're not doing that here. There's no, unless there's something specifically in the passages that we're covering, which there's not, I've read ahead. So, all right. Uh, Divorce, marriage, separation, we've all got one of those things or we're single. We all have situations, but here's what I want to challenge you to do, especially those of you that are mamas. Are you ready? Listen up, mamas. You're, you're tired. I can see you. Just wake up, especially young mamas of young ones. I want to encourage you about something. We are here for you. This is about you. This is not about husband, no husband. This is not about kids, no kids. We're here today because of God and you. And let this be your time off. So like even today when you go introduce yourself in the groups, they're not going to say, introduce yourself and tell us where you grew up and how many kids you have and what your husband's name is. Because you know what? God bless your husband if you have one and God bless your kids if you have them. But I don't, we don't want to hear about them. We want to hear about you. Okay? I say that with love. This is about you. And so we want to stay off those topics unless they're applicable to exactly what we're talking about because there are people that maybe don't have um, a husband and maybe that's hard. There are people that do have a husband and maybe that's hard. 
right? Just kick them out. We don't need them for two hours. We can do this. Um, And lastly, we're going to avoid any hot button topics. Anything, I mean, guys, I could write a thousand things. Right now, I just, when I wrote this, I was like, oh, these are easy. Abortion, homosexuality, same-sex marriage, all those things that break apart the church outside of this room. They're not doing it in here. Again, we're not Facebook. So in here, we're going to stay focused on God's word alone. Make sense? Good? Any questions before we move on? Awesome. All right. Back of the page, all that is is a schedule. You're the second date. The morning, I mean, the evening meets the yesterday. They meet on Tuesday, so that's why there's two dates there. You don't have to come twice. You can. Extra godly. Come on. We'll have you. I'm kidding. Um, We'll have a couple potlucks, and you'll hear more about that as we move along. Those are really fun. Um, We potluck well. We potluck well. If you're new to our church and you're new to... um, to, to North Texas in general, it's a badge we wear. We potluck. We don't play around. It's real. It's cool. So we'll get to do that. That'll be fun. Um, all right. Cool. We rolled through that. So let's do this. Open up your book to page. It's like I-1. It's the little introduction, and it says what to expect. And I'm going to crank through this real quick because like we, we, we established earlier, you can all read. So that's awesome. You can go home and read the details. But there were a couple things I wanted to point out. Um, the class description, you've probably read that. Because um, if, you're not, if you're here and you're not supposed to be here to read the book of John with us, well, too bad you're here because it would be awkward if you left right now. So we're glad you're here. We have two objectives in Bible study. And I love these objectives because they are not um, that we're going to memorize the entire book of John and we're going to understand everything and we're going to have all of our questions answered. If those are your objectives... I would suggest that you slightly revise them because you know what's cool about this? This is written about God, and he is a God of mystery. And there are going to come times when we get to something, we get to a passage, and we just kind of look at it, and we're like, I don't know. And what are we going to do? We're going to dwell in the I don't know, aren't we, girls? Yeah. We're going to hang out there for a while because sometimes when you don't know, It's when the one who does know has something to say. And the one who does know will share something. But then there are some times when we walk away and we're still confused and it's still mysterious. And those are the times that I say, I am glad he is God and I am not. Because I don't know. So the objectives are simple. It's one, we want you to discover the character of God more deeply. When you walk out of here in 11 weeks, I hope you have grown to know him in a deeper way. I don't know what that means for you. The second objective is this, that we want you to grasp how the entirety of this Bible was written to you, but it's also relevant to you. Often I think we blow off reading the Bible because we think, ah, it's just an old book. It's not an old book, man. This is an eternal book. And you are going to see it come alive in the book of John. So those are our two objectives. I think we can do that, right? We can do that. Let's turn the next page, and it's on the next page's M2, I2. Quickly, we're going to move through. I want you to understand kind of if you've done Bible studies before that are not here or even a different class here, I want you to understand kind of the, the idea behind how we're going to do things. Number one, we're going to do this. We are going to read every verse of the book of John. We're going to start with one and we're going to end with the last one. It's going to be super cool. You're going to have absorbed that into your bones by the time we're done. And you're going to love. You're going to love getting to see what John has to tell us. 
but the way we approach this um, is, is this way. We want to understand, not just come into this and like cherry pick out like verses or little things that are real cool Instagram memes or whatever. Like, oh, that's a good verse. I'll put this on my Instagram. That's cool. Do that. Like, I love Instagram and, and go do that. But we want to understand what we're reading. And the way we understand what we're reading is how we really, really grasp the context of it and then how we can apply it to our lives. It's, it's not just pull out one verse and apply it to my life. i got to understand. So that's what we're going to do. And that's why we're going to start today with an introduction, of, excuse me, an introduction of the book of John, the author, the history, the dates, everything. But the way we're going to do it is first we're going to see what it says. You know what that means? You're going to read it. Every week I'm going to tell you in your homework, read this. And that's read John. You're going to read certain passages. Then you're going to ask, what does it mean? I'm going to push you with some questions to kind of go, okay, you know what it, you know what it says. Now, what did he mean by it? So like, think about this, like Noah's Ark. Anybody ever heard of that story? A couple people. Anybody painted on their wall of their baby's nursery? Be ashamed of yourself. That's a dark, weird story to paint on the wall. <laughs> I say that all the time. I'm like, you painted what? No, sorry, Molly. Um, I love saying that. It's pretty fun. Uh, the story of Noah's Ark. Okay, so like you, you kind of know it. We all, whether you read the Bible or grew up in the church, you all kind of know it. Um, but here's what's cool about it. If you sat down and read it and you look at really what it says, you realize it's a recounting of specific things that happened. Fair? Specific things that happened. Some of them were weird. Some were hard to understand. But they specifically recount what happened. Okay, cool. All right, God, I got that. So then you move on to, okay, now what does that even mean? What does it mean? And so if you take Noah's story, you can begin, if you pray and you read it and you think about it, you can begin to kind of uncover that, that there's like purpose behind those events. There's purpose behind the timelines. And maybe those details occurred and were recorded for reasons. Maybe they meant something specifically and then you move on to the third part of understanding Scripture, and that is, how should it change me? How many times have you read a story like Noah, and you're like, ah, this has nothing to do with me, move on, right? But it does. Every word does. And so you could take that and say, how should this change me? You know, how, how should the story of Noah's, Noah change me? Maybe it gives me hope in a hopeless world. Maybe it reminds me to be patient and trust God even when things are whack, <laughs> right? Build a big boat and cram a bunch of animals in it and it's going to rain and people are going to make funny. What? So my point is by understanding what it says, then what it means, you can then apply it to your life. We, we shortcut, don't we? We want the Instagram verse and we want to say, what does this mean to Chris Murphy's life right now? I don't, want, I don't want to read all that. I don't, God, I don't have time for all that. I'm very, very busy. i got to go to Target. I do not have time. We're not going to do that. We're going to honor his word by asking, what does it say? What does it mean? And then, what does it mean to me? Okay? You're going to find that he's going to show you things that maybe you've never seen before because you take the time with his word and don't try to shortcut to the application. Cool. All right, this, the last thing is the, the favorite part. Well, it's not the last thing, but the study guidelines. Everybody loves this part. Um, does everybody have one of these, a Bible? Does everybody have a taco sticker on the back of your... No, don't deface your Bible. 
Um, I want to share something with you. We always talk about it in this Bible study that um, a lot of us have really cool Bibles that are real big and they have like notes in the bottom, which is awesome. Like I've got a couple and I love them. Like my, I have like a, an apologetics one and so it gets all these smart people's words at the bottom. Like read verse two and then you're like, I don't understand that. I will be going to the notes now. And you read and then they're like, oh, it makes sense. Okay, so don't do that. You love me? Here's what I want to challenge you to do. Those notes in those awesome Bibles that are awesome are commentaries. That's just some dude. And those dudes are smart. But that's somebody's opinion. And what we're going to try really, really hard to do is we're going to try to read his word and talk to him about it and try to figure some stuff out with somebody else telling us, without somebody else telling us. So if you have a Bible that has notes in the bottom, I would challenge you to go to Lifeway and get a cheap little $9.99 Bible like I did. You put a sticker on the back if you really like to. Um, But I don't use my notes Bibles when I do Bible study anymore because I find that I'm lazy and I want a shortcut. So I'm challenging you. I'm going to teach from the ESV version. It's okay if you've got NIV, HCSB, whatever, all those things. It's okay if you have all those things, um, but that's where I'm going to teach from. So sometimes like if I do a fill in the blank or something and it looks a little different than your Bible, maybe go to the Bible app on your phone um, or if you have a flip phone, you know, there's go to the computer and look up Bible Gateway. Those, that's a pretty good one too. You can put a bunch of different versions in and um, do that or just talk to your small group leader. She'll help you. Uh, so commentaries to avoid. Here's what I want to challenge you. This week, you're going to have, you're going to read some chapters in John. I am going to challenge you to not go find sermons by your favorite pastor, to not go read blogs by your favorite writers, to not go find books by your favorite authors, to not go find your old Bible study notes on the book of John. I'm going to challenge you to just get with God's word and start. Avoid commentaries. Things that you can use, which I highly encourage you to use, dictionaries, thesauruses. Sometimes I'll ask you to do that within the the Bible study questions. Um, Cross-references. If your Bible, like cross-references, you'll see a lot of that in the book of John because it'll cross-reference over to some of the other Gospels. A lot of times I'll push you there in the questions. Like I'll say, okay, now go flip to blah, blah, blah. And um, so that's cool. Do that. The Bible, use that for any references you want. Um, Another good thing to do is use alternate versions. I have, you're going to laugh because you will see it over the course of this Bible study, is I have a children's Bible because that's about where my theology is. Um, Use different versions. It's so cool. Like, I'll read something the ESV and I'll be like, "Uh, no, I did not get that. No, no, no. So I immediately go to what? The message, right? Because it's common language. I immediately go to the New International Reader's Version. I immediately go to the New Living I don't so immediately go to King James, guys, but whatever, float your boat. It's cool. But those are all, understand, they are trustworthy um, translations of the Bible. They just have a little different flavor, and sometimes just a little different spin might show you something that you might need to see, okay? I encourage you to use that. The last thing, I kind of covered this, um, class format. So every week, if you flip over in your book a little bit, you can flip all over the place and you can see. The way these lessons are are laid out is I set it up to where you have five days of homework and then there's one like little application section at the end. So really it's six sections. Do it however you want. It doesn't matter. You can, I'm a person that likes it to be in chunks because it helps me like have a start and a finish and I feel like I'm accomplishing something. So if you're like me, cool. If you want to do it all in one sitting, awesome. Whatever, whatever works for your life, do that. Um, I will encourage you this way. 
I will, okay, I will tell you this. Uh, if you are new to Bible study, this is what's going to happen. You are going to sit down and you're going to have a hard time finding time. Because we all do, right? I mean, it's weird. I have time to watch HGTV a lot, but for some reason my Bible study sits on my thing till Tuesday. I don't know. It's so weird. I don't know. No, I'll tell you this. Like, it, it, I want you to know this because I want you to know that um, discouragement and things that get in the way, obstacles, are real. They're real. Because there is an enemy, no matter what you believe about him, he exists and he is real. And there is an enemy who doesn't want you here, sisters. He didn't want me here either. He didn't want any of us here. He wants us to stay home and be discouraged. He wants us to stay home and, and try to find the answers to this world in, in, you know, on the Internet and, and places that, that, is, that are dark. But that means when you sit down to open this and to spend time with God, there are going to be things that come up that get in the way. The great things are hard. And the, and the great things are worth it. Right? Think about some of the greatest things, the greatest moments in your life. Were they easy? Nah. So I hope that's an encouragement, not a discouragement. But I always, whenever I start to get overwhelmed with my time and I'm like, oh, God, I don't have time. I don't have time. It's almost like I remind myself, hey, hey, Chris, um, that's what your time should be. The rest of the stuff can wait. So I want to encourage you. We're all in the same boat, okay? We're all in the same boat. So each week, you're going to have homework, and you're going to get done what you can get done. And if you can't get it done, I would encourage you to at least read the scripture so that when you show up at small group, you kind of feel like you know what's going on, right? That's what I would do. Um, but do your homework. Then you're going to come back. Your leader's going to have certain questions that y'all are going to discuss. You can't hit every single one of them because it would take a really long time. But certain questions for each day we'll discuss. And then we'll come into the large group, which is what we're doing now. But remember, it'll be flipped. And then we'll come into a large group, and then I'll teach on some of the same stuff you read about. So that's how it'll look every week. Um, any questions about that? Awesome. Well, how about this? How about enough housekeeping? How about we move on, and let's talk about the book of John. Is that cool? We do that? Okay. Page 1-1. I have given you a little page there so you can fill in some of the blanks, and you can know exactly what we're going to talk about today. Because remember, whenever we're trying to understand what God wants to know, wants us to know from a certain passage, he wants us to first read it, right? First ask what it means, and then thirdly apply it. And so today, when we come into John, when you go home and you read John 1.1, you're going to already walk in knowing who wrote it, when it was written, what was happening, what are the themes, all those things. That's kind of cool toolbox, right, to carry into reading that scripture. So with that, uh, open up to that John, I mean that one one page. And then every week um, at the end of your lesson, you'll see a page that says lecture notes. And you can write notes there when I'm teaching up here. Or you can draw pictures. Or you can do nothing. You can just sit. It's really up to you. But we wanted to give you a page to take notes if you felt like it. All right. So let's go over some of those questions. Um, before I do that, I want to I share some, some cool facts with you that I found out that I did not know about. Um, do you realize that the book of John, you may or may not know this, the book of John is considered one of the Gospels, okay? Which means basically there's four of them, and they are the books in the Bible that are documenting the life and ministry of Jesus Christ while he was here on earth, okay? So like the Old Testament's on the left side of the Bible, like way at the front and everything. Usually it doesn't have a lot of markings in it because, we, we, you know, some of us don't read it all the time. 
Uh, but that's before Jesus was here on earth doing his earthly thing. Okay? The New Testament, Jesus gets on the scene, and now it's from Jesus on. That's what the New Testament is on the right side of your Bible. So the first four books of the Bible are the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we're doing John. Well, this is what's cool about this. So everybody always talks about how Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, they're the Gospels. They talk about Jesus. Why we got to talk about Jesus so much, guys? Why we got to talk about him four different times? Well, I'll tell you. This is what's so cool. Number one, I want you to remember this every time you open your Bible or look it up on your phone. I want you to look at it this way. People died for you to have this. People are dying today to get one of these. It's no joke, right? We're going to study in the book of John, we're going to study about the single most polarizing human being that ever existed on the planet. The most written about, the most talked about, the most controversial person that ever lived on the planet. Whatever you believe. You can believe that he was just a dude. You cannot deny that. It's important. And so the book of John, this is what's cool about John, and I did not know this. There's those four Gospels, right? The first three, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, most of their content is the same. It's written from different perspectives. Does anybody have siblings in this room? I know I have one, at least one that's here. Um, so, like, you can talk. Isn't it funny how you'll talk about, like, an event that happened, like your 10th birthday party or something, and you start talking about it, and then they're like, well, that's not how it happened at all. And you're like, no, it did. Mom loves you best. And, uh, and you go this whole thing. Different perspectives see things differently, don't they? Because they're looking at it with a slightly different lens. Matthew, Mark, Luke, those are all different perspectives talking about essentially a lot of the same things. So it's cool to take them and put them side by side. Um, they were also written to different audiences, and I'll talk about that in a minute. But here's what's crazy about the book of John. Are you ready? More than 90% of the book of John is nowhere else in the Bible. Did you know that? I did not know that. I just kind of assumed it lumped in with those other ones. Well, they call those three the synoptic gospels, and that's because they basically are very similar, and they're giving information about Jesus' life from the beginning. And they, they, you know, a couple of them give a lot of genealogy, and they talk through all the specifics through his life, and they go through his ministry, and then, and then his death on the cross and his resurrection and all that comes. And, but John, more than 90% of it's different. Cool. Why? I don't know. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, oh, okay, so th this is a good question. So who wrote John? Anyone want to guess? Good guys. You guys are so smart. It is widely believed that it was John the Apostle, one of Jesus' 12. Um, originally, the manuscripts, the original manuscripts of this book, it was actually called According to John. Therefore, that takes some of the mystery away. Uh, that we do believe it was John, the apostle. It was clearly an eyewitness account, and he was there for all of it. You know what's interesting is he never, ever one time refers to himself by name. Never once. You know what he calls himself? The one Jesus loved. How about that? How about that for a title? We can claim that title too, by the way. But I love that he actually calls himself that because he knows so deeply that Jesus loved him. So that's who wrote it. He was also referred to in the Gospels and throughout the, the New Testament as um, he was the Apostle John. He was the son of Zebedee. He had a brother. His brother's named James. Oh, oh, this is cool. Okay, so in Mark 3, 17, get this. You know you are awesome when Jesus gives you a nickname. Right? 
and nicknames are cool. Son of Thunder. I don't know if it was a positive nickname or not. But that's what Jesus called him. Called he and James, the brothers, the sons of thunder. Kind of cool. Um, he never mentions himself by name. I mentioned that. John MacArthur says this. I thought, wow, what a cool way to look at this. John MacArthur says, A deliberate avoidance by John of using his personal name reflects humility and celebrates his relation to his Lord. You see, John didn't want it pointing to him. He wanted it pointing to Jesus. It's interesting when you go back and if you look at Matthew, Mark, and Luke, um, no, nothing on them. This isn't bad on them. Or even the letters later, like Paul's letters and stuff later in the New Testament. Oftentimes, the, the way that they would begin is they would say who they are, and they would give like a salutation. You know, I'm Chris. I'm writing this. Here I am in Flower Mound. Now let's go. You know what John does? He gets right to business. He does not mess around. No introductions. We're not messing around. We're talking now. You know why? Because there's urgency in this book. You're going to sense it. You're going to feel it. There's urgency. Um, I mentioned before that he was one of the 12. He was also one of the three. And I don't know if you know what that means, but during the course of Jesus' earthly ministry, this is cool. He had the multitudes, right? All the multitudes that followed him. And then he had, um, a, there were a lot of disciples. Disciples is a word we kind of use back and forth, but disciples are really kind of their followers. But then the 12, those are like the dudes, right? The guys we hear about all the time, the 12 apostles. So he was one of them. But you know what else? He was one of the three. Over and over we hear that Jesus had just three. He had these three that were his most precious, beloved friends. That is biblical, people. When you feel like you need to be best friends with everybody in the entire world, you remember Jesus had his three. Okay? And John was one of them. It was John, James, and Peter, and they were his people, his three. He also wrote um, some other books in the New Testament. Anybody know what they were? First, second, third John. Some of us have studied those letters before. There's another book he wrote that's a pretty big deal Revelation, the one at the very end. Yeah, he wrote all those. Um, at the time when he wrote this, he was a reputed pillar of the Christian church, possibly the most regarded pillar of the church. So when John spoke, people listened. With that, when did he write it? Um, it's believed that he wrote it probably A.D. 85 to 90, which means that's 50 years, guys, removed from when Jesus was on the earth doing his thing. Okay, 50 years later, John witnessed all this stuff, and 50 years later, he sits down and writes this. He wrote it before he wrote the letters, the 1, 2, 3 John letters. He wrote it before he wrote Revelation. And it's also believed there's tradition that says, and by tradition I mean there are other historical documents that they can find that are um, during this period of time that are outside of the Bible that point to the fact that he was aware of the synoptic gospels. He was aware of the fact that there was Matthew, Mark, and Luke's account. Um, John and Matthew being the only ones that were eyewitness accounts that were there, that were apostles. But he was aware that they were written. We can kind of guess that. Um, but this is what's cool. There's some, there's some guesswork as to why he wrote his gospel. And, and I love the idea of this. There was one that said maybe he added some, he wanted to add unique contribution to the record of Jesus' life that obviously wasn't captured in the first three. Okay, so maybe that's why he did it. And then the other is that maybe he wrote his gospel to help us understand the other three. 
For example, in Matthew and Mark, like there's a period where they both imply that Jesus' ministry before Galilee um, was, there, there was a ministry. And they don't really, they just kind of reference it. And so you're just kind of going, oh, I wonder what he was like on vacation. Was he golfing? What was he, what was he doing? Well, in John, we get like a whole chapter. Chapter 3 talks about his ministry in Judea. So it points out the stuff that is missing in the other ones. Make sense? So he, he wrote it. We don't know exactly why, but it definitely fills in some holes. To whom was it written? Um, this is cool, and I know this is, just sounds like the, the uh, Sunday school answer, but it's written to everybody. It really was, but uh, also, uh, this whole thing was written to everybody, but there are definitely specific audiences that certain books were written to, okay? So, like, for example, the other Gospels were written with a little, with a little bit of a bent, okay? So let me give you an example. So Matthew was written to the Jews. Like when you read it, there are different things that he brings out, like genealogies and certain traditions and things like that, that the Jewish people would appreciate more than, say, you and I hanging out in Flower Mound, okay? We're reading that. We're like, okay, can we just move past the names? But the Jewish people, that mattered, okay? So he knew his audience, Matthew. And just the same, Mark wrote more to the Romans, and they were the Gentiles. So they weren't necessarily people that, you know, grew up with the Jewish faith. This is kind of new to them. So his, his language looks different, okay? And then Luke was speaking to the Greeks. But John was really speaking to everyone. His, nothing in his book is specifically targeting a certain audience. And that's what's so cool about John. Here's something else about it. This was originally, um, a lot of the New Testament, most of the New Testament, originally written in Greek. John was originally written in Greek. And the thing about it was, it was said to be the simplest Greek to translate. And so often, whenever they didn't have a bound book of the Bible, and they had to give out parts of Scripture, they would always give John first. Because it was the simplest to translate. Pretty amazing. Um, I, ha- I heard this quote, and I thought it was so cool. It was um, something that Martin Luther, the great reformist, had said when he was talking about certain books of the Bible, and he said this. He said, should a tyrant succeed in destroying the Holy Scriptures and only a single copy of Romans, that's Paul's letter to the Romans, and the gospel according to John were to escape him, Christianity would forever continue. Only Romans and John. Wow, we're getting to read something that Martin Luther himself seems to believe is pivotal to our understanding as Christians. With that, another quote I liked was Augustine said this. He said, John's gospel is deep enough for an elephant to swim and shallow enough for a child not to drown. Deep enough, if you have studied the Word of God, you have things memorized, you've read it a hundred times, it's still deep enough to take you deeper. And if you've never opened a Bible before, if you bought your first Bible today, by the way, you're my favorite person in the room, don't tell everybody else. If you bought your first Bible and you have never, ever opened it up, you will not drown in this content. It, is, it goes deep and it stays shallow. I love that. Every one of us has something to gain. It was written for everyone. In what style was it written? A lot of books of the Bible are real specific. Like we did Psalms a few years ago, and that was all poetic and beautiful and all these things. Well, well this is written kind of in a narrative style. So it really is, a, it, it's really, um, it does tell a story, but there's like about three chapters in there where we push pause on the narration 
and we just look at Jesus' teachings. So it's really kind of two. It's a narrative and it's also teachings. Okay? With that, John was considered the spiritual gospel out of the three. Interesting. The synoptic ones tell us a lot of facts, a lot of information, and obviously are very spiritual as well. But John's really points us to the gospels just kind of sharing. It illustrates why we believe, why we know, and then what we do with it. So it's a spiritual gospel. Um, Central themes. What are the central themes of the book of John? Um, this is what's so cool about the way we do a Bible study in here. Is like I've done over the course of my, my life, I've done a bunch of Bible studies that were like on a topic, right? Like, you know, I, I don't know, peace. I need peace. Who doesn't need, who doesn't need peace? You know, and you're like, I want to find a Bible study that's all about peace. And so it jumps around, and that's, that's fine and everything. But what we're going to do in here is we're going to read verse 1 to the very last verse. And so what we're going to encounter are several themes. The book of John has several things to teach us. Um, I, I, three of them kind of popped to the surface for me. And so one was that this book is a lot about proving. It's about proof. Um, a fancy church word for that is apologetics, if you've heard that. Basically, what, if you hear that word, you can use that word. Like when you go to Starbucks or Corner Bakery later, just throw that around a little bit. Um, apologetical, if it's apologetical, it's basically proving, um, it's convincing the true identity of Jesus. That's what it is. And so the book of John, you're going to see a lot of that. You're going to see a lot of things he lays out. So he wants us to understand this isn't just a guy. He's not just a good teacher. He's God in the flesh. No joke. And so he is going to prove that. The other thing that John wants to do is he wants to share life. He wants to show us that not only can we have life through understanding Jesus and trusting him with our lives, but guess what we get? We get eternal life. And here's what I find interesting, and I hope you, you remember this when you leave. Eternal life doesn't start when you die. Eternal life starts the very second you believe in Jesus as your Savior. It's forever. And, and John will spell it out. That's not just me, guys. That's what the Bible says. It's evangelical in nature in that it helps us understand that we can believe that this is like real. This is a real thing. This isn't just a made-up story. Eternal life is only attainable through Jesus Christ. Once he proves that he's God, he's going to show us that that's how we get eternal life is through Jesus. Um, the word believe appears in this, in this one chapter over a hundred times. He's got something to say. He wants us to believe in that eternal life. And the last thing that is just, guys, this book is dripping with love. Anybody need a little love right now? If you live in 2018, you are desperate for it. Amen? It is hard to come by some places, isn't it? feels like a dark place. But this book is going to remind you of what God is all about. And here's what's super cool. Like, if you haven't studied the Bible a lot, or even if you have, you may think, I don't like Old Testament God. I like New Testament God. Well, guess what? Ready? Write it down. It's the same guy. God. Not guy. We don't know. God. <laughs> careful. Um, same God. Same God. This is what I want you to understand. Love is at the beginning of every bit of it. Every bit of it. John 3.16 says this, for what? For who, who what? He loved the world. 
And then he gave his son. See, it wasn't that God, it wasn't John 3, 16. So God got so fed up because y'all are all so stupid. God so loved this world that he gave his son. Do not miss it. From the very beginning, love sets everything in motion. John 15, 12, we're going to see that Jesus' only command, the only command he makes to his disciples is what? Love one another. He's getting them ready for leaving. He's like, okay, I got to get these, these guys are a mess. I got to get them ready. I'm going to be gone. They're going to be here. Because of those guys, those messy guys that we're told to love one another, we are in this church in Rock Point at Flower Mound, Texas. Amen? Because when Jesus died, the word went, didn't it? And it's because he said, love one another. That's how they'll know who I am. Jesus shows love in John 13 that's going to blow your mind. He's going to do stuff in John 13 and, and following that you'll look at that and go, I, I, how could he, I don't understand. In John 17, he's going to pray for love. There's going to be seven signs and miracles that John's going to show us. And all those are going to reveal Christ. And all those are going to inspire belief in the people that read it then and hopefully the people that read it now. There's going to be seven times that Jesus says, I am something. I am blank. And every one of those things is going to point to him as God. And every one of those I am statements is going to take him a step closer to a brutal death on the cross. Because truth does that. We're going to look at how John tells us about seven witnesses that prove he's who he says he is. All because for God so loved the world. For God so loved you. Don't miss that. Old Testament God so much loved you, he sent his son to fix, to save, to die. Uncompromising proof, unending life, unquestionable love. Those are things we're going to encounter in the book of John. Anybody need any of those things? I do. Every day. Every minute. Listen, I'm going to close. And, with clo- and while I close, I want, to, I want to give you a question. I want you to write this question on your paper, okay? Will you do this? I want you to write this. What am I searching for? What am I searching for? A.W. Tozer says this, that God has put everlasting into our souls. Think about it. God has put everlasting into our souls. Something in your heart was made to appreciate the everlastingness, and it will never be satisfied until it gets eternity and immortality and the promise thereof. It basically means what, what Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 3.11. He said, God sets eternity in our hearts. I don't know how you answer that question. What are you searching for? But I know God can answer that question. And I also know that he is the answer to that question. I, I mean, why, why, why this? Why when things get really desperate and really dark and really hopeless, do we drop to our knees no matter what we say we believe? Why does that happen? How does that happen? Why do we seek to fill voids in our lives like emptiness or moments where we're lonely or sad or insecure or hopeless? 
Why do we fill those things with things and cars and status and looks and money and Instagram pictures? Why? Why do we? Why? Just ask why. Why do we yearn for fairness and goodness in life circumstances? Why? Because we are all searching for something. No matter if you name it or not, you are searching for something. And I will tell you this. It's in this. I don't want to be mysterious, but it's right here. And John is going to lay it out for you. He's going to say, God sent his son to come down because he loves you. And everything that you're doing is trying to fix these things that feel so empty, whether you are a believer or whether you are not. We are all filling voids the same way. Amen? Jesus is that answer. What are you searching for? John 1.1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1.14, the Word became flesh, and he took up residence among us. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish and will have eternal life starting in this very moment right now. I don't know where you are. I don't know what you think about Jesus. I don't know how you're looking at this whole thing, but I will tell you this, you're going to have to come face to face with him. When's it going to be? Um, I, I don't know why you came. I'm glad you're here. I'll tell you this, a few years ago, a few, lot of years ago, um, I had a friend who invited me to Bible study, and I, she asked me what I believed about Jesus. I'm like, I'm a Christian and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a Bible. And um, she said, well, come to Bible study with me. I'm like, no, thank you. I'm busy. So I said no, and I wouldn't come, and she'd ask me again, and I wouldn't come. And, and then finally, she got cancer. That was uncool, because then I had to go. I joke, but she would love it if I said that. So I go to Bible study with my friend Kim when she got cancer, and it changed everything. And I'm standing here today. Kim's not. She's where I want to get, right? She is looking down, laughing. But I'm here today because she wanted me to go to Bible study with her. And I was like, oh, I'm good. I am, I've got a good life. Things are fine. I'm good. I know, I know God. We're good. And then it changed my life because it came face to face with my Savior. And that's why he left this. So when you walk into this, I want you to know you are prayed for. You are prayed for whether you like it or not. And if you don't give your small group leader prayer request, she'll pray that you get puppies. And you don't want that, right? <laughs> Kristen, am I right? You don't want a puppy. Um, we love you. We're glad you're here. I don't know what your walk looks like right now, but we are all in it. Let's pray. And then I'm going to dismiss you to your small groups. Father, um, you love us so much you sent your son. I've never looked at it that way, God. Um, let us focus on that love and let us focus on you and how you love us so much that you sent us your son. You love us so much you brought us to Bible study on a cold Wednesday morning. You love us so much you put a Kim in our lives that invited us to come and open this eternal word to get to know you in a deeper way. I know that you'll honor it, God. I pray ahead for the small group time. I pray that there is lots of laughter and lots of new friendships being formed. And, um, Father, we just thank you that we get to um, do this together. Take us places that we have no idea we're going to go in the next 11 weeks. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.